Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. All right, let's do it live on a first Friday edition of the program, Merely Bo and the Great Z. So one more day of hot and then we chill out, brother, like a 30 degree swing. The next four, 24 hours. You're on. You're oh, on. baby. And it's going to get cold in there. And our, you know, when we have, when we were out there battling in the, the weather app streets and we settled on our, our new fave. Yeah. What I loved about it is it said for Thursday night, it said, bring a coat. Bring. It's going to be a lot colder than you've been used to. And in fact, it is mean? saying we could be, we're talking lows in the 40s, brother. Yeah. It's football weather. The problem is, is the humidity is still going to be high. So it's going to feel even colder than that. You know why? Because you grew up in San Francisco. You know that. That's why Mark Twain said it's that humidity. Coldest, summer, coldest winter you ever spent was a summer in San Francisco. Summer in San Francisco. The humidity. The humidity. It just it clings to you. Cold yeah. molecules. The whole deal. That's crazy. I mean, it's been so warm. It's been, and you know, much of September has been that way, and it feels like it's flipping. And then it's staying there. That's right. It looks like it's yep. in the 60s from here on out. Uh, so that's where you are. It's hard because we've spent so much time this week obviously with the disappointment of sunday but here we are on a first friday we play tomorrow night i know you know that because you're doing copious amount of work on your notes oh baby on your boards um but this game ready or not thursday the steelers are here yeah and we are ready we will be ready uh i think that you know we'll see as as the thing goes on but i'm feeling comfortable that the browns will have you know the guys that they want out there i, I think that you know this is Joel Batonio, I think, will be out there. Yeah. I feel good about Miles Garrett uh, being able to get out there, which I think is huge That's for this team. Yeah. I think it's massive. And then, you know, you have to wonder, James Hudson's played so well, but is this the week that Jack Conklin finally makes his debut? They didn't need to rush him, but is this a game where they say, okay, let's get our let's get our top guy back out there if he's ready to go? So I think we will be close to at full strength here going into this game, given the fact that we know we won't have Jadevian Clowney and on – their side given the fact that they know they won't have tj watt the the miles part of it potentially fingers crossed would be just enormous i mean the lift yep. uh that he would have there the hudson part of this is interesting too because he has balled out he's played very well and so there's you feel very good about the future uh at that position with the way that he has played and to think about at times last year looked completely lost and not has appointed himself very well very early yeah, on he's been great. this season. Um, you mentioned Miles in terms of injury updates from yesterday. Miles Garrett did not practice. Joel Batonio did not practice. Jadavian Clowney did not practice. Clowney's done. He's, he's out. Ruled out. Yep. Uh, Harrison Bryant, Jack Conklin, Chris Hubbard were all limited participants in the practice yesterday. Uh, Jesse James, Chase Winovich were moved to IR. Uh, Isaiah Thomas was a full. Go ahead. All right, so we do have some news right now for the Browns. Miles Garrett and Jack Conklin both expected to play Oof, against the Steelers. The Browns are listing Clowney as out. No designation for anyone else. Miles Garrett does not carry an injury designation, nor does Joel Batonio. Jack Conklin will start as well for the Browns. So that means you will have, as we just speculated, and boom, there it is. 
that's what you will have uh, for this team. So your line, Wills and Conklin back at tackle, Betonio and Teller at the guards, Posick will be your center. And then defensively, having Miles is so massive. And you brought Isaac Rochelle and Jordan Konashik, both signed to the 53, replacing Jesse James, who went on the injured reserve, as well as Chase Winovich, who went on injured reserve. So that's your 53. But that means we'll have Rochelle, Wright, Miles, the big one, and Isaiah Thomas. We will have four defensive ends for this game. It'll be interesting to see on the line now. You know, my guess is that Joe Haig, who has been active the last couple of weeks, would likely be inactive this week. And then we'll see what Chris Hubbard's status is as well. Yesterday when Coach was talking about Miles and he kept saying, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see on Miles, um, the one thing he said was, you know, the next man up. And I actually wrote down in our show prep yesterday, I just wrote, next man up doesn't apply to Miles. There is no next man up. There's nobody who's 80% of him. There's nobody on this roster who's 70% of him. He is on his own island. There are four or five non-quarterbacks in the league that are that guy. He's that guy. And there is no way to go. So the fact that he's toughing it out, gutting it out, probably in some pain with the neck, that he's battling through and playing on a Thursday night in a must win, that matters. It matters in a big way. And the converse for the Steelers is that T.J. Watt is also that guy. Yes, he is. There is no. Well, he's one of the five, up. right? He's, I mean, one he's one of them, he's no one doubt. Of those guys. So here was something in my in my prep. I was getting. I was looking. Steelers have played five games without T.J. Watt since they drafted him in 2017. You know their record in those five games? One and four. Oh, and five. T.J. Watt to their defense, him being there, is worth negative 5.4 points a game. He's almost worth a touchdown. I'll say that again. He's almost worth a touchdown on defense. He's worth negative 50 yards of offense, and he is worth two sacks a game. Just his presence. They average two sacks more per game with him on that defense. And then five and a half points? doesn't make sense for a defensive player it's a, it's an outrageous number so they have never won without him he had last year four sacks against the browns on that monday night football game 22 and a half sacks led the nfl and how about this step pittsburgh in week one against the cincinnati Bengals. in that week one game they had seven sacks 22 quarterback pressures and five takeaways seven sacks 22 pressures and five takeaways without him last week against new england no sacks two quarterback pressures in the entire game and they did have one takeaway uh, minka got mac jones early in that one pittsburgh has only had three games without a sack since 2017 two of those happened with tj watt on the sidelines bigly bigly not having him there and us having miles there so great news there uh this just an awkward morning on twitter for adam schefter so Initially, tweeting um, that Joe Hayden is retiring to sign a one-day contract with the Steelers. So that was the first tweet that I saw. You didn't see this? I never knew that part. Okay. I know the so Browns the, part. the very first tweet that he sent out this morning as I was you know, preparing for other things was Joe Hayden in a Steelers jersey saying that he's signing a one-day contract to retire as a Steeler. So that was the first one. That was then deleted, and then a second tweet went up saying that he is retiring, will sign a one-day contract to retire as a Brown. So the clarification that I did see on the tweets happened. Yep. Um, there was all this conversation that he was going to, that this was going to happen Thursday and he was going to be there for the game. And it didn't make sense to me as I was taking it all in, because while I know I'm sure he preferred his time in Cleveland and I know how much he adores 
the Browns, and I can't think of anybody, honestly, who's wrapped their arms around this city like Joe Hayden did, and you yep. were here during that time, but just from afar, I'll never forget when we did the new uniforms, he had the number one selling jersey in the NFL. In the NFL. The first time through, I was doing Dockage's show in Indy, and he, we were talking about Buckeye basketball or something at the end. He goes, you mind if I ask you a Browns question? And I said, yeah. And he, so he asked me about Hayden, and I said, well, that's how popular that fan base is. They got new uniforms. It's either him or Joe Thomas, and it's easier to sell a little kid on a corner than a left tackle. It's kind of that simple. That's how it happened. Yep. But it was stupefying that he had the number one jersey in all of the NFL. That being said, I didn't. I thought that was that's awkward that he would then be here after playing five years there for like his last go, and it felt awkward because it was. It was awkward. So Schefter put out a tweet that says Hayden, Hayden will be honored during Thursday night's game. That's not happening. Yeah. <laughs> well, it didn't seem like it. It felt yeah. odd. Like, I don't know that he has It felt so fast. Yeah, and I don't know that he would have – it felt to me like he would have an animus towards the Steelers, which I don't believe that there is. I, Correct. I, I think you put him in an that. awkward spot. You put yeah. the fans in an awkward spot. Right. So why? Just don't, and they're not. Correct. And, yeah. and, so there won't be any of that. And, and, by the way, the guy did a lot of good for us here on the field and off the field, and I think that, you know – Everybody wants to put something together that properly recognizes him and his efforts. Yeah. Yes. And he doesn't want to. I'm correct. sure he liked his time in Pittsburgh, too. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, at the it, time. It's not that, something you could just do right away. You could correct me. I mean, I think he would have loved to play his entire career here. It didn't work that 100%, way. 100%. Yes. It didn't work that way. But he still landed over there and was a part of some really good teams. Yes. And was really good for the Steelers. So probably enjoyed his time there, too. So, I, it, the whole thing was off. And, indeed, in fact, it was off. How do you get that wrong? I don't know. He's you just had, like missed one. Social detail? media sometimes has been tricky for him the yeah, last so couple years. He's had some misses. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm kind of. I'm not delete tweet guy unless it's something I just, you know, I spell something wrong or something like that. I tend to just live with it. I think you. One thing you have. To, the only thing I would say from his position, and you, you see it with like Shams and Woj. Wrong. I got it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I blew it. I yeah. I botched that. But yeah. I think you see it with Shams and Woj and. Schefter and all of the NFL guys that are kind of fighting for that passing on the MLB side there is this for them it's kind of the last the last place where it matters to be first it feels like his Twitter yes and it matters more to them than I think it does to the Anybody Twitter else. nobody else cares yep. about it there was a time where being first really mattered I don't think it does anymore so it's really a matter of those reporters on Twitter matters just to them <laughs> and maybe he just rushed it agreed yeah by the way, Gibby, I'm, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but video is not happening, according to the official Nana. She's very sad. sad. We're Hate aware. To see that. Okay. Sorry, Nana. We're aware. One of these We're years. not sure why. It says live on our end, but. Such a well-oiled machine. The, um, did you guys see. <laughs> did you see the. Um, have you guys seen this video of Eli Manning? Yeah, it's great. Okay. Did you watch it? So I've seen like four different clips. My question was. Who was in on it from the beginning? The head coach at Penn State, James and Franklin, it. was in on it. That's it. Because so, some of these scouts are like, yeah, look, this guy's footwork. I'm like, he looks like – I mean, it was – Of course it's Eli Manning. Like, yeah. It's pretty obvious. It was a pretty bad costume. Yeah. It was a great costume. Same so, a couple of things. He continues to not be able to act. No. He's really bad at it. Like, he can't – it's so forced. Him and Franklin's lines together were forced. But in terms of the ruse, um, so he went as a guy named Chad Powers. Here was the mistake that I thought Eli made in this thing. Now, it's it's really good, but I think it could have been even better. He he tried too hard. 
He shouldn't have run a 5-6-40. He should have ran like a 6-5-40. He shouldn't have acted like he had all the footwork and all the mechanics. He should have just shown glimpses of the mechanics of the footwork. He looked like a pro quarterback immediately. What? Like he, the stuff he was doing with his pop and his hips and the, all that stuff, like – that's pro quarterback stuff. Like no guy who's never played organized football will be able to do that. He should have he should have accentuated the more raw stuff that potentially you could have, like the arm strength. And even in the video, he's like telling him what routes to run. Like he should have just said, "Just go over there. I'll throw it over there." Like I, that type of stuff. First, sure, then yeah. it would have landed better. I think you figure out so, relatively quickly. Well, yeah, as the viewer, you did. Yeah. The thing that was stupefying to me though is that. It didn't feel like the guys that weren't in on it were like, oh, my God, we've got to get this guy, like, immediately. One guy was kind of like, oh, yeah, no, I think I see something in this kid. I think I see something in that powers. Like, dude, he's a multiple-time Super Bowl winning quarterback. And if that's not that obvious to yeah. you, that would freak me out. It would freak me out, too. Also, he's 6'5". Yeah, and, and 215 pounds rockets. and throwing rockets. Like, if you can't identify that immediately, like, I, I, you would think, like, if you didn't know who it was, he walks in. He starts spinning it. You would be like, "Whoa, Coach Franklin, Coach, get get dude, down here. We gotta get this we guy locked up before somebody before like, anybody else gets finds out about this powers." But they, they weren't, weren't even no. They're kind of non. Like he wasn't a sure thing. Like he wasn't infinitely better than whoever their starting quarterback is right now. It's Sean Clifford, and he 100 percent is. He 100 percent. So then I started thinking about this: How high would a 41 year old Eli Manning? who is actually, let's say he's actually 22. So a 41-year-old skill set, Eli Manning, okay. deteriorated from when he was the number one overall pick in the draft. Yeah, man, A man who's 41. You're a man, you're 40. I'm a man, I'm 40. You know, everything hurts more now. 41. Same. Um, but what? where would he be drafted in this year's draft with a 41-year-old Eli Manning skill set? He would be the guy that would be a team would take like a – that was ready, a ready-made team. Now, remember, he's not 41 years old. He just has the skill set of a 41-year-old. Yeah. I, I think a ready-made team would take him in the, like, second or third round right now. I think he's better than Kenny Pickett. It, for one year? Yeah, but yeah. you don't know that he's going to deteriorate. You don't know that he's 41 and the deterioration is going to continue to go. You're saying he's Chad Powers? I'm saying he's Chad Powers. He's 22, but he has 41-year-old Eli Manning skills. Yeah. I think he's a first-round pick. Oh, yeah. 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 Not 41-year-old Eli Manning. Sure, gotcha. I'm saying okay, he's actually 22, yeah, but, but he has all of the skills of 41-year-old right Eli, not 22-year-old Eli. Well, yeah, because then as a 22-year-old, he can still improve those skills. He's going to Correct. improve that strength. Yeah, yeah. he's a sure. first-round pick. Yeah, he's a top – he's a top – yeah, he's a He early. might be him or C.J. Stroud. He could be number one. Bryce Young. Yeah. Would have been the first quarterback off the board. Yeah, it was fun. That, 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 was, that was cool to see. And it, I'm with you. It was stupefying that they were like, you know, hey, we may have something here. Yeah, you like, don't say. What do you mean? You're like, not watching Sean how Clifford every you day. Like this dude, it needs to be starting for us right now, this week, against Central Michigan. That's what I don't. That's to me, that was the biggest. Yeah, that they weren't more wowed by. Yes. Yeah. Those traits are pretty unique. That size, that what skill. What are we talking about? Arm. There's Herbie. Oh yeah, there he is. Some of the first radio I ever did in Columbus was uh, with Mr. Herb Street right there. Um, all right, lots to get to on the program today. We will go uh, around the NFL. We'll continue to get to set for our game against the Steelers coming up. Hey, there he is. Good to see him. Um, lots of fun on the program. A little higher or lower coming up as well. 
You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Well, there's a new way to cheer on your Cleveland Browns with the help of your favorite four-legged companion. Barking Backers, presented by Milkbone, is the Browns' newest club for pet parents worldwide. Sign up today at BarkingBackers.com. Barking Backers, the fan club for dogs. As we go around the NFL, Mike Evans' one-game suspension has been upheld. Of course, why wouldn't it? Of course it would be upheld. He was officially missed. Sunday's game against the Packers, the NFL announced this yesterday. I don't understand what the other option was, of course. Yeah, no surprise there at Nothing. all. Yep. Um, the NFL also warned a letter to former Bucks head coach Bruce Arians, who stood in the white stripe reserved for officials, players, and coaches during the brawl. What was he doing there? Why was he even on the sideline? I have no idea. He's like a senior consultant. Yeah, the only thing I could think of is um, – the only thing I could think of – so if Brady – if Brady orchestrates his move to Miami, okay. if he is allowed to, whether he, I don't know, did you think that he just thought the Bucks would trade him to Miami or that they would somehow, because even in a release situation, they would still retain his rights. Yeah, I don't know. What I, no, no, What was he like, thinking? I, I don't know. I'm okay. Tom Brady and this is where I want to be, so I'm going to be there. Okay, so it would have required the Bucks to trade him to Tampa. Arians at the Combine says we're not trading Tom for anything. Yep. The end chronologically i think i have this right brady at this point is retired then all of a sudden shows up at man united his kids meeting cristiano ronaldo owned by the glazers he's going to stay going to play another year for the bucks arians is now out out brady doesn't want any part of arians yep so arians is out but yet he still has a lot of power over everybody else in the organization oh my god he won a super bowl so he's kind of hanging around it seems very odd I don't like the vibe with them, man. No, they yeah, they don't look they don't look great. But again, let's go back to the year they won the Super Bowl. They did not look great. They were drubbed by the Packers. They were. And they, then they got it all the figured Saints out. The Saints whipped them twice. And then they didn't lose again. No, I know. But this feels a little different. I agree with you. They don't From an off-field standpoint. They're not impressive right now. No, they're not. Dolphins cornerback Tua Tagovailoa, Chiefs corner Jalen Watson, Jets punter Brendan Mann, named AFC Players of the Week, Amron St. Brown, Darius Slay, Graham Gano named NFC Players of the Week. Have you had a chance to take a look at what McDaniel is doing with the Dolphins? In terms of what? Just schematically, what he's doing with Waddle and, and Hill. Hill. I did not get not much chance to watch I know, you're busy. Game. you got a lot going on. So – you knew him obviously well yeah. here and liked him a lot, yeah. and um, you know the tree with which he is. He was uh, he was he was birthed. His so Tyree Kill is a weapon unto itself in the NFL. I yeah. think we can all argue that. There's nobody close to that. If there is somebody close to that, Jalen Waddle's probably it. Yep, Jalen Waddle is awesome. Everybody's is. like down on him. Who's the hell's down on him? How could you be? He's Bozos. probably the, he might be the second fastest guy in the league and playing receiver, perf- and he's. A great route runner. He's a perfect compliment to Tyreek Hill. I mean, okay, great. So he's got two of them. So what McDaniel is doing a lot on offense 
is he is putting them in motion. And in a sense, they're almost getting like a five-yard head start on their routes. Like the CFL. Yeah. So he's he's getting this momentum for the two of them running routes. And they are, at times, eight yards clear <laughs> of people. And you'd be right to be curious if, if Tua could make some of the throws that are being required because they are having to wait. There's no question. They're yep. having to wait around, but they are so clear that doesn't it matter. almost doesn't matter. Yep. It's really – they are a fascinating team to watch. Them in Buffalo this week is pretty good. Yeah. It's going to be – that's a good game. Remember, they smoked the Patriots in week one. They made an unbelievable comeback against the Ravens in week two. They're a team that's got a very good defense through the Miami Dolphins. And guess what? Nobody else is like Lamar Jackson. So Lamar gave them problems. You could say Jalen Hurts would. Josh Allen certainly is a very capable runner as a quarterback, but in yeah. a very different style. And so that'll be – I think it's going to be a fun one. That's a, that's a fun game. That's a, and off the top of my – where is that being played? It is Here, in Miami. In Miami. Okay, good. So, I so they've had both. I think Bills. Guess the lines. Yeah, we do a little guess the lines. Cousin Sal. Cousin Sal. Yeah. Bills. All right, Billy Boy. Minus two. Six. What? Six. Wow, that's a big line. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Little, little preview. There's a lot of big ones. Um, I mean, you think about this. The Bengals are 0-2 at the Jets. Five-point favorites. Yep, they're five on that. Uh, I'm just going through, like, games of consequence. Two Owen to two teams that neither thought they would be, Raiders and Titans. One of those two teams is going to be 0-3. Okay, hold on. Where is that one? Let That's in that Nashville. Answer. In Nashville, Raiders minus four. Two. Chiefs uh, at Colts. This line doesn't seem big enough to me. Chiefs at Colts. Okay, you gave me a little bit of a hint there. Sure, a little lead. Chiefs minus Six and a half. Nailed it. Oh. Nailed it. Okay. I w I okay. Well, I would have gone over seven, but once you said that, it feels like they're trying to – They make. want that. So, I'm like, why do they want people on – it's got to be just under a touchdown. Yeah. Okay, that's why I got to that one. Uh, we mentioned the Bills one. Huge game in the NFC North. Two one-and-one one teams, Giants – or, I'm sorry, Vikings and Lions. Where? Mini. Sota. Vikings minus five. Six. Oh. Raven, did you, did you think that's high? Uh, I think it's. I think it's a little. I, I would have been closer. I would have been four and a half. Okay. Area, right. something like that. Yeah. Um, you like the Vikings a little more than I, I do, do, and I probably like the Lions a little more than you do. Um, Ravens at Patriots, two one and one teams at Foxborough. Baltimore minus three. Nailed it. Good job out of you. Really? Yep. Let's go. That's two. You got to be on guesses. Set. Come guess, on. You're, you're right on. Where are you on at, guess the lines. Call me up. Yeah, I mean, you, this could be a retribution after all of the terrible things he said. That's right. um, Eagles. I would. I had a tweet, a text ready to fire off to the Cubs. By the way, when oh. they were two and zero, ready. On pause for a few days. I'll get to send it. I'll get to send it Thursday night. Chargers are hosting the Jaguars, two one and one teams in L.A. That might be a game where you could buy a ticket for eight bucks. Yeah, that feels like a standard seven to me. Nailed it. Yep. Um, this is really impressive what you're doing here. Rams Let's at go. Cardinals, two one and one teams in uh, this one in Arizona, in Glendale. Rams and Cardinals. Rams minus two. Three and a half for the Rammies. Just ram it. 
Uh, boy, here's your poo-poo platter. Falcons at Seahawks. Jeez. Seahawks minus three. Two. Pretty close. Okay. Packs at Bucks in Ooh. Tampa. In Tampa. No Mike Evans. Tampa minus one. 1. 1.5. Oh. Okay. This is surprising to me. Broncos hosting the 49ers. Denver plus one. Plus one and a half. Yep. That's good pretty job. good. You did a really I good job on those. A, Nailed those. Right. Yeah. I Man. like the Niners there. Okay. All right. Did you see the Hoff? I uh, might leave right now. You should I'm be. feeling great. <clears throat> well, I'll go with you. Did you see um did you we see got the, two people in there? They're more than capable. Did you see the um the Hoff Badger on Badger crime on Russ Wills? No. What did he say about him? So he that video of run pass, run oh, pass, God, guys, so run pass. Yeah. And Hoff's like I'm paraphrasing, but I'm not sure it's something to the effect of I'm not sure I've seen anything like this other than like in Pop Warner, like in but So and then he goes, I'm not even sure this is going to do any good. Yeah. Because it's not. Yes. What happens on a play action. So he kind of calls out all of it. But it's badger on badger crime. By the way. His, whole pack of ba Russell Wilson. Whole pack of badgers. And his last one. And he says this. When Kyle Shanahan was our <coughs> offense coordinator, we had the best play action fakes in the NFL. We, he would tell the offensive line that we needed to make it look exactly like the run. And if we did, he would never blame a sack on us. Zero chance people from the sideline would have been able to tell if it was a run or a pass. Exactly. Of course. It's not that easy. No. You're not, like, in it's the not, backfield with them. There's a the guy who's, like, seeing there's like, no, he actually handed the ball off. Run. <laughs> You're on the sideline. And I can say this as someone who has been on the sideline. And yeah. in certain parts of the field, I'm closer to the action that is happening than the players on the sideline. They For are confined sure. between, like, the 30s. Yeah. By the time you identify it's a pass, it's too late. And they're not listening. No. <laughs> Have you ever watched? There's the thing. Have you ever watched? You have, but I'm saying this is the, like the a general. More, yeah. yeah. The Royal we. Like coaches trying to get communication to players on the sideline. They are screaming and they're their coaches waving their arms, trying to get their attention because you, it, it's an NFL stadium. And the notion that like guys go run and the linebackers go, Oh yeah. Okay. I better go get them yeah. now. Like it's insane. <laughs> it's bizarre. And it like is. I would, if I was on a team, I'd be like, dude, what are you doing? What? Are How about you, you watch? You should be looking at your surface. Find some film, brother, and figure out how to be better. And instead of doing this, how about you spend time next to Nathaniel Hackett going like this? Javante, play Javante. Give him only Javante. The ball thirty-three is good. Better than twenty-five, even though he's Albright's neighbor. Better. Five and a half yards a carry. Give him the for ball. Javante Williams. Do you think it's possible now that you've – because you've had a chance to see some of the mismanagement from Hackett in week two. So that's two weeks in a row where he's just lost. Is it, is it too much of a stretch to say they hired him as an effort to lure Aaron Rodgers so, because of their close relationship that was very well reported that, that Rodgers liked Hackett a lot, that they hired him to lure Rodgers to Denver only for Rodgers to stay in Green Bay and now you're stuck with this guy. They still get Wilson. Um, but now you're stuck with a guy who, to me, seems ill-equipped for the job. I mean, I don't think they would be wrong to just be like, we got this wrong, he's out. Uh, after two hey, weeks, I wouldn't. Sean Payton, you want to come in here and try to take this over for the rest of the season? Wouldn't that be like the dream for Sean Payton to go to Denver and run that operation with Russell Wilson? Yeah. I mean, I think so, but that's what I would be doing. Yeah. 
I mean, that guy's he is he is bad. The other problem is is that I think that the quarterbacks it feels like he's declining a little bit. I don't have a problem with it. And he is bizarre. Different cat, brother. Different cat. Yeah. How interesting. How bizarre. Very, very. All right, coming up next, we go one-on-one with Greg Newsom from last night's Kevin Stefanski show. You have that to look forward to, plus our matchup, our defense versus their offense. It's coming up next. We'll listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. The Bath Authority gives you that bathroom of your dreams in about a day. You transform your current bathroom into a custom bath for a spa-like experience. Luxurious and easy at the Bath Authority. They make it a reality for you at a fraction of the cost of the competitors. The Bath Authority is our area's premier bath and shower remodeler. They are experts and they are factory trained. They'll come to your place. They'll get it done in about a day. 500 bucks off your next custom bath or shower remodel. Give them a call at 216-220-8399 or go to thebathauthority.com. It's where affordability meets quality. The largest selection of bath projects. They're all made in the United States. Change your bathroom from outdated to outstanding. Acrylic tubs that insulate and keep the heat in. Tub to shower conversions as well. Superior products with expert installers at thebathauthority.com. 216-220-8399 on that. And now here's Z one-on-one with Greg Newsom. Let's have a listen. Very happy to be joined now by Browns cornerback Greg Newsom. And, Greg, let's just start and get this over with. We can move forward real quickly. You guys watch the tape. You know what you have to clean up. What was kind of the tone and, and the kind of the messaging in your meeting room, in your position room, to get this fixed so that we can go take care of business like we know we can? Um, it's honestly just to, you know, have practice be the game. You know, when we go through walkthroughs, have it be crisp, have it be sound, have everyone, you know, paying attention and, you know, really just to lock in. I feel like if we do that, it's, it should be an easy fix. Are we like with the hand signals? I saw that AWOC gave the hand signal, and most everybody got it on that one play. Is there now kind of something in place like, all right, everybody acknowledge the hand signals or anything like that? Yeah, we're just going to try to, you know, over-communicate. So corners look at safety, safety look at corner, Mike look at li- like everything. So, you know, that's just what we're going to try to do. Uh, you don't want to put too many signals on tape all the time as well either because then, you know, obviously the offense may know. But – you know, we got to find some way. We're still trying to figure it out of, you know, not necessarily having hand signals every week, but just making sure we actually make eye contact when we're talking to each other. All right, so that's going to get cleaned up. And now this defense has an opportunity, as we've talked about at the beginning of the year, to be special. We've seen flashes of that through two weeks. When you guys kind of go back and watch yourselves, take those the blown plays out of it. That doesn't matter. What have you seen in the regular defense that you like, and what have you seen that you guys want to improve? I feel like we're elite. You know, other than those, like you said, those busted coverages, I feel like we've been playing great football. Um, you know, even week two, obviously, you know, he ended with 300-some yards. The first half, he had 100 yards. Like, we just got to clean up some stuff, and most of that came in the fourth quarter. Then, you know, you go back to week one, once again, didn't really have that many yards, blown coverage, a lot of yards. So, I think we've been doing a lot of things great. Um, but at the end of the day, you got to stay consistent, um, and you got to, you know, do it for four quarters. You can't do it for three quarters. You can't do it for three quarters in ten minutes. You got to play the whole – you know, 60-minute football game. So uh, that's what we're looking to accomplish next. All right, the next opportunity comes with the Pittsburgh Steelers coming to town Thursday night back at home. And last year, look, you guys had a rough one. And then you had a Thursday night against Denver that came right after it. We're able to get it done. How do you kind of draw on that, turn the page, and get ready for a big game? 
man, Steelers week. Um, so I think it's, it's pretty easy. You know, if, if you're not hyped, you know, you know the history between the Browns and the Steelers. So if you're not hyped to play in that game, you're not going to be hyped to play. Um, so it's like rivalry week in, uh, in, in college. So, uh, you know, we're super hyped. We know our fans will be there to support us. Um, and, you know, we're just looking to go get that dub. Similar to the Jets, who I thought had a, a very good receiving trio with Elijah Moore, Corey Davis, and then Garrett Wilson. So do the Steelers. Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, the rookie George Pickens, good tight end, Fryermuth. How do you guys kind of prepare for that group and, and some of the new things they're doing this year? Yeah, you know, it's just to, you know, watch film. Obviously, it's a short week, so, you know, you got to really get on your film study as much as you can. And, you know, at the end of the day, you got to just do our job. And that's, you know, contest balls and, you know, win our one-on-ones. That, that's the message, win your one-on-one. Because obviously, it's more of a short week, so it's hard to, you know, get in all the film that you normally get in, in a full week's time. So, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it might be some stuff that we don't see, that we don't game plan, but at the end of the day, we got one on one-on-ones. Deontay Johnson is one of the better route runners in the league and the guy who can create separation. What makes him so tough to deal with? Yes, first of all, he's not, you know, that big receiver. So that's already a, a challenge in itself. He's already lower than you. Uh, it's hard to put hands on a guy like that. He's super quick. He's super fast. Um, and I said last year, I feel like he was the best one that I went against last year. So um, he's definitely a great receiver. And, you know, we're looking forward to that matchup. When you watch them and the things that you have watched, feels like a lot of misdirection, a lot of jets, a lot of trying to flow you one way, get the ball back the other way. What What's different about that from what you've seen in the past with the Steelers offense? Yeah, um, you know, Big Ben wasn't as mobile as Mitch. So um, it's a lot more, you know, boots and, and things like that uh, and letting Mitch get out of the pocket. Uh, so that's something you definitely got to prepare for. And then, I mean, it's kind of sort of like the Jets offense, a lot of, you know, stuff to get your eyes in the wrong, you know, position and, and then try to work after that. So um, at the end of the day, we're going to, there's going to be a real game to show our communication is there and, you know, our eyes are good. All right. And I know that it's going to be, let's talk just for a second about you guys in there, in that room. Did you guys come together at all and say, look, we're too good for this. Like we we know how talented we are. We got to go out there and prove it. Oh, for sure. Yeah, we had a defensive meeting um, before. You know, a full defensive meeting. We had a players meeting, um, and just talk about things. Um, and I think the 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 best part about it all, honestly, is you know people are mad about stuff like that. You know, there are some teams who you know are used to that. Like we're not used to that, and, and we see all the talent that we have in the room. So things like that, it it, it should hurt us, and it, you know, and we should be mad about it. But I think we'll get it fixed, and. It's it's only week two. That's that's the you know good thing about it, and you know the fact that people are that mad this early is is honestly a positive sign. It, it shows that people are bought in and, and know that we have a really good football team. And we have a chance to prove it on Thursday night. For sure, we we will do that. Greg, thanks so much for the time. Good luck. Yeah, appreciate it. Good stuff there with Greg. Yeah, now you're go. There we go. There yeah. you go. Good stuff. Lights, baby. That that isn't even on us. That was no, third party. That wasn't even a lights issue on that one, my friend. Um, all right, the Browns defense versus Steelers offense. It is your matchup today. It's brought to you by Evolve Technology. Evolve Technology powers best in class security for the Cleveland Browns. Doctor Zeke. All right, Steelers offense right now led by Mitch Trubisky. That's what he said, right? Steelers offense. They've been below 200 yards passing in both games. Uh, you look at their numbers for the year, they are averaging 4.8 yards per pass attempt. That is worst in the NFL. 3.8 yards per rush, 4.3 yards per play. Again, one of the worst numbers in the entire National Football League. It is insane how bad they've been. Third worst in yards per play, just dreadful. I mean, they're, they've been a dreadful offensive football team. Mitch Trubisky cannot complete passes of more than 10 yards in the air. 
33 of his uh, completions have come in fewer than 10 yards, within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. Not afraid to check it down. Najee Harris is averaging 2.9 yards a carry this year. Um, and here's the crazy thing. So Najee Harris last year leads the NFL in touches and snaps, almost 1,700 total yards, 10 touchdowns. His, since he's come in the league, he's averaged 4.3 yards per touch, which is the worst among the 20 players who have the most touches in the NFL. Their line has two new starters. Mason Cole comes via the Minnesota Vikings. He's the new center. James Daniels from Chicago, former second-round pick of Chicago in 2018, uh, signed a three-year $26.5 million deal. He is the right guard. He's had a pretty good uh, year so far, especially against the pass. But they can't push anybody in the run game. Dan Moore Jr. is their left tackle, fourth-rounder last year in 18 games. Last year, he gave up seven sacks and 46 pressures. Miles Garrett should be able to have his way with Dan Moore. Then they've got Kevin Dotson and Okorafor as the right tackle, who's actually played pretty well. Pat Fryermuth touchdown last week against New England. He's had seven touchdowns in his rookie year. He's got nine catches, 97 yards. Then you go out to the receivers, and this is where they're very dangerous, and all the talk coming out of Pittsburgh right now is how they've got to get these guys more involved. Chase Claypool, eight catches, 44 yards. That's 5.5 a catch. Deontay has more targets, receptions, and yards than all other wide receivers combined. He's got 13 catches, 112 yards so far. 1,000-yard guy last year. And you heard Greg just say he's the best receiver he faced in 2021, which covers a lot of ground, to be honest. Pickens, only two catches for 26 yards. He's apparently frustrated already. So they've got to find ways to get them involved. And here's the thing that's so odd to me, and it was odd. I was talking with Charles Davis, who called the game uh, for CBS, both Steelers games so far. They are insistent on putting Chase Claypool in the slot. Why? They want to have him involved in their run game. Okay, he's got six rushes for 36 yards. All came in week one against Cincinnati. But let me ask you a question. If you have a 6'4", 230 guy who runs a 4'4", what are you worried about him doing? Running down the sideline. And they throw the ball up to him. He had 800-plus yards in both of his seasons, 11 touchdowns, 14 yards a catch. And they've had the brilliant idea to put him in the slot. And when they go to three receiver sets, he stays in the slot. Deontay's playing outside with George Pickens. It feels like Deontay Johnson, 5'10", 183, shifty, great route runner, would be perfect in the slot. And you have two giants in 6'3", Pickens, 6'4", Claypool on the outside. Like, it just doesn't make sense. Maybe they'll fix this. Trubisky saying, I'm going to throw the ball down the field more. You know, they're going to move the pocket. But last week on passes of 10 yards in the air, 5 of 12, 74 yards, and an interception. They just have not been a good offense, and there's a lot of talk now that, look, if it doesn't get going here soon, it's Kenny Pickett time. And, in fact, as soon as next week, it could be Kenny Pickett time if the Browns handle the Steelers here and Trubisky has another game on par with what he's done so far this season so why would you um it was like mitch trubisky is in the brochure of course he is what you know that he is like it's he's not going to be something different in your offense but we talked about this at the combine yeah here's a guy that after people watched him as a starter and a winning starter by the way you know, you, yeah, look at, you look at his career 60% record. 60% of his games. Yeah. Wasn't he like 22 and 11 or something like that? 30 and 22. Yeah. For his career as a starter. And team said, the best contract you're getting in the NFL, my friend, is one year to be a backup for like $3 million in Buffalo. And then you don't play any games at all. And now we're going to make you a starting quarterback again and expect it to be a whole new experience. Okay. Yeah, somebody had what that changed? idea. Nothing, and it's looking very much like Mitch Trubisky looks. And and this is a team again that 
Obviously, they're going with Kenny Pickett, but this is a team that Ryan Tannehill would be excellent on. It's just funny, though. You look at, like, last year, right, against us in the two games, Najee, 26 rushes, 91 yards, 28 rushes, 188 yards. It was his best game on that Monday nighter in Pittsburgh. They haven't run for 100 yards as a team in four straight games. Jeez. They haven't run for 100 yards as a team in four straight games. That's the fourth well, longest streak, in, the second longest streak in the NFL. If you can't stretch it and you're not great up front, it's hard to run on nine-man fronts and eight-man fronts. Yeah. And that's what Najee's having to run into. Uh, this is a lot of what ails us. They provide elixir. Because totally. Matt Canada's offense is one of horizontal. They run all these jet sweeps. They try to throw it out. The problem is when that stuff was really in vogue a decade ago, you had a lot of plotting linebackers. Not anymore. You don't anymore. Linebackers run like safeties used to. Yep. So when you think about JOK and Anthony Walker Jr. and you think about their ability to go sideline to sideline, it fits right into what Pittsburgh's trying to do. They're like a decade late with this. Um, so you should be able to eat that up. The fact that you have Miles back is huge. Trubisky's not able to stretch the field offensively. So it's really just tackle and space, and you should be pretty good. Now you got to be careful, though, because I, too, I do believe that he is going to – I think he knows it's this or not, and I think he's going to throw the ball. Well, I know he's going to throw it a lot. I just don't know that there's the ability to make you pay unless you do the bus like well, we had the first two that. weeks. So as long as that doesn't happen, it feels like this could be a bit of a slog uh, for, the seniors, uh, for the Steelers offensively. What changes need to be made for the defense for the Browns to win tomorrow? No bus. No That's bus. it. If you That's don't have it. the bus, you're 2-0. and yep. And it's not particularly close if you don't have the bus. Um, what matchup will you be clo paying close attention to, Gibby wants to know? Um I mean, I think the obvious one is our corners against their receivers, but I don't know that they have an ability to press the ball down the field the way that, that you would hope. I think that you're watching a couple things. So you're watching our ability to get to the quarterback. So our ends, Miles and Alex Wright now and Rochelle and Isaiah Thomas, our ends against their tackles. I like, and then our interior guys maintaining the line of scrimmage. So I think part of it's there. And then it's, I didn't include Fryermuth. It's our corners and our safeties against their talented, you know, pass catchers. And that's really – that's it. That's what the matchup is here. By the way, here's a little fun – a little trivia that I came across. There are two receivers in the NFL – two receivers in the NFL – who have five or more catches in at least ten straight games. One of them is Deontay Johnson. Mm -hmm. Fourteen straight games with five or more catches. The other, Cooper Cup at – 25 straight games with five or more catches. But not Devontae Adams, not Stephon Diggs, Deontay Johnson, and Cooper Cup. There you go. Biggest challenge facing the defense. It's just don't it's just don't that's blow it. it. That's it. Don't blow it. You blew it, boy. We don't can't have it. that. Can't blow it. Uh you stay disciplined, you handle your business, you get them off the field. Um I like I like Najee a lot, but it, with with what he's run up against in this offense, it's just there's it's there's it's not tough sledding. There's no sledding. There's not much there. Um, so as long as you, you gang tackle him a little bit because he's a bit of a force, but he's ailing too. He has a foot. Yep. He's dealing with the Liz Frank yep. thing. So um, that's that's worth monitoring as well. Miles playing in this game is an absolute game changer, needless to say, because he is a one-man wrecking ball. And I think it says a lot about his give-a-damn level, his heart, that he is, I mean, he's not right, and he's going because it's a must-win type game for us. And – got to we need it he's got to go. do it he's going to give it a go so that's good by the way one thing about our defense real quickly i think it's, it's fun to point things right. out like this 
Brown's defense has. You go to edge rushers. This is pro football focus. We've got the number two graded edge rusher in the NFL, which is Miles Garrett. Number one is, mm-hmm. is Micah Parsons. So it goes Micah Parsons, Miles Garrett, Von Miller are your top three. You go to the linebacking position. Jeremiah Wusu-Kormo is the number one linebacker in the NFL. Anthony Walker Jr. is the number three linebacker in the NFL. Sione Takitaki is the number five linebacker in the NFL. Yeah, it's weird because it's when when you're all those guys are playing at the level they're playing at. It's really the back end that has been disappointing. And when you look at this back end, it's they're not equaling the sum of their parts. Not at all. And in fact, if I were to go, if I go to to the the defensive area, so corners, in terms of corner grades, this is in the NFL through through two weeks. So not much. Our top graded corner at number eighteen in the NFL is MJ Emerson. And if you take it to guys that are playing like 50% of the time, MJ Emerson shoots up to the number 10 corner in the NFL. Last year, all three of our starting corners were in the top 29 in the NFL. Right now, MJ Emerson is the only one. Our rookie is the only one in the top 29. And then if you go and you go into the safety room, where last year, October the second half of the season, Grant Delpit was like the number eight. John Johnson was yep. the number 12. If you were to go to the safety room right now, we've got John Johnson is 31st. And Grant Delpit's not even on the first page. Grant Delpit, out of the qualifying safeties, there's 63 safeties who have played every snap or played 50% of their team snaps. He's 57th. Yeah. So our back end is not performing at the level it should. By the way, Minka Fitzpatrick is the number one graded safety. He's been sensational. Yeah. He really has been. Elk and Elk, serious lawyers, serious injuries. Call 1-800-ELK-OHIO for a free case review. Elk and Elk's a proud partner of your Cleveland Browns. Brooke Pryor going to join us coming up next. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. And Browns fans, be sure to stop by the free Twisted Tea tailgate pregame party prior to every home game. Twisted Tea tailgate located on the west side of First Energy Stadium combines the atmosphere of a beer garden with live music, food, and drink options. The tailgate opens four hours prior to kickoff and is open to fans with a ticket to the game. Brooke Pryor is going to join us here momentarily of ESPN Nation on the Steelers side of things. Lots of new stuff at the stadium this season uh always trying to improve that fan experience brother what was your favorite improvement from year to year i don't get to enjoy them no but you're in the mix you're in the mix you're with the people you're a man amongst the people i know the people have liked the twisted tea tailgate yeah people do you like the two dogs i love the two dogs on the entrance and the fence yeah that's our guy brent rossi right out there he he b ross had that oh yes it looks sweet with the smoke coming out Mm -hmm. i don't know if people got a chance to see the video our own jeff mcdaniel video stud how like good is running that dude right behind miles through the smoke uh, and as he makes his entrance out the same it I was like awesome that. that moment was cool the guitar smash is that's awesome. new that's new yeah that's cool the hoff yep. the dog pound captain another one right there another rossi special and as the hoff told you got to get those goggles on got to wear gloves got to be safe um, is there some sort of a, a plexiglass around that so shrapnel doesn't i think it's far enough away that there's no way it would be like back to the crowd okay. And then is that going to be kind of like we saw, you know, the Seahawks do this with the 12th man or yep. the uh-huh. for, with Minnesota? Yep. Like you're going to have a different guy every week doing that. That's the yep. deal. By the way, could there have been a more interesting choice for the opening game? <laughs> I was wondering if you were 
<laughs> Chargers, <laughs> Chiefs, and it's Dwayne. Of all Bo. the humans, it's Dwayne. Bo. Now Dwayne Bow is very good. Where's Priest Holmes? Is he around? Dwayne Bow is very good for the Chiefs. Not as good as Priest Holmes was. But Trey he was Green, very good. I I don't know. I was like Dwayne Bow. Of all humans, he had a couple a thousand Steve yard DeBerg? seasons. Is Steve Deberg around? I bet he made a Pro Bowl or two with them. That Dwayne Bow, man, yeah. stole money from us. No, 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 no. Dwayne Bow. Dwayne Bow was offered a contract. And I'll tell you what, I had a great talk with Dwayne Bow last week of that season. I've told you this story, I think, Gibbe. So I'm like, like he could still play. He just, whatever it was, he and the coaches. By the way, it's his birthday today. Happy birthday, Dwayne Bow. Turns 38 today. Uh, he had 3,000-yard seasons in a, in a four-year stretch uh, with them. Went to a Pro Bowl in 2010. 15 touchdowns that year. Led the he NFL. A, yeah, big. Yeah, I remember um, that. Anyway, we signed him, as Correct. everybody knows. He did, I think his career stats with us are like three catches for – 30 yeah. yards, maybe. Not a thousand. Five catches for 53 yards in that 2015 <laughs> season. And, uh, you know, he felt like he could still play the coaches, and he didn't see eye to eye. And Who is that 15 for us? That would have been. Is that Petten? Mike, uh, Mike Petten's second year, yeah. yeah. Not a fan of Dwayne Bow. And uh, I was like, Dwayne, you know, he was always very nice to me. Seemed to be a guy who was out there enjoying life, floating around, as it were. Um, <laughs> and so I was like, what happened? He goes, Dwayne Bow doesn't even know what happened to Dwayne Bow. Dwayne Bow wanted to play football. They didn't want Dwayne Bow to play football. <laughs> Dwayne Bow wanted to practice. They didn't want Dwayne Bow to practice. So Dwayne Bow doesn't know what happened to Dwayne Bow this year. I was like, okay. That's like 8,000. The whole third person? The whole time. It's awesome. Like for like two minutes. I'm like, this guy's great. And that That's was amazing. It. That was it. Good job out of him. Yeah. Who's quarterbacking us in 15? Is that John? 2015 is Josh McCown, I want to say. Okay. And he For gets the first, first game. and then he was gets knocked the, out, and then Johnny wins week two against Tennessee. Yep. To the rabbit. Yep. Travis Benjamin deep. Yeah, 2000, let's see, 2015 Cleveland Browns. All right, we were uh, three and 13 that year. McCown started eight games, John football six, and then I'll give a dollar to anybody who can get the uh, third quarterback who started that year. SEC guy. Is that accurate? Connor Shaw? No. That was 2014. He started the last one, Connor Shaw, from South Carolina. And played with, like, a broken rib and a broken arm. Pretty tough. He's a tough guy. He went right to the hospital after that game. Yeah. Um, Jeez. There was a conversation. It is a – Still in the league? Yeah, I don't know what conference this is in. Hold on. Let me give you the conference. I don't know what conference. That's not a good sign. Eight? He started two games that year. Good golfer. Bounced around the league a lot. Went to the same college as Brett Favre, Southern Miss. Southern Miss? Yeah. I got nothing. Austin Davis. No. Two yeah, the Browns that he was year. with the Rams at one point, wasn't yeah, he? He was. We picked him up from the Rams. He started, if I'm not mistaken, when after like the whole Billy Football yeah, gate happened. Is when oh, I, after Bill Football? I think Bill Football is when he, he got some, some work. <laughs> oh, my God. Isaiah so many stories from that. Crow leading rusher, 706 yards. Uh, our leading receivers that year were – Feels like is this a good big play Garrier? Yeah, big play Gare, thousand and forty three yards. Big play Gare, seventy nine thousand forty three and nine. Jeez. Big play Gare. Someone had to catch it. Travis Benjamin, sixty eight nine sixty six and five. Heartline, forty six catches, five hundred twenty three yards. There you go. Is that the first year of the new uniforms? The now new old uniforms? It is right. Because John's first year, they wore the old, the one. traditional. So the fifteen, yeah, dude. So they, I've been through a lot, brother. That feels like <laughs> that feels like a long time ago. It's like man. a long time ago, buddy. 
Yeah. It does. It does indeed feel like a long time ago. Uh, nothing in the rearview mirror about this matchup. Two very, very different teams than the ones that would have met all the way back in 2015 for some perspective on this Pittsburgh Steelers team. We head out on the Twisted T hotline. ESPN NFL Nation Steelers reporter Brooke Pryor, one of our favorites. Brooke, thank you so much for the time. Let's just let's start here. Through two weeks, are the Steelers from the from coaching perspective, front office perspective, are they what they thought they would be? Are they less than they thought they would be? Does it meet expectations? What, what's their view of what they've seen through the first two weeks? You know, to me, I think it's interesting because we heard all through the, the offseason they were going to kind of be able to open up the playbook more with Mitch Trubisky finally having a mobile quarterback. Um, but it seems like that's not what we're seeing uh, so far. They haven't really used Mitch Trubisky's uh, mobility to their advantage. They're not throwing the ball down the field uh mitch hasn't looked aggressive but i think the play calling has also not looked aggressive the offensive line is better than i think they thought it would be in the preseason but still not up to the part that they hoped it would be when they signed guys like mason cole and james daniels so i I think that they are underperforming in a lot of ways the defense at least the first week was exactly what they thought it would be with you know all the turnovers the pressure but you can't anticipate a guy like T.J. Watt getting hurt, and I think that they're trying to figure out that new reality without him now. Let's stick with the offense for just a second here. And Mitch Trubisky, Brooke, if if things don't go well or if they go as they have for this offense a third week with the extra kind of three days, do you think this is a time that Kenny Pickett could, could get the nod? You know, I, I'm not ruling it out. Um, although I think it is notable that Mike Tomlin said, hey, we are going to be patient with this offense. We are going to be patient with Mitch Trubisky. But I think that they do want to see some improvement this week. But at the same time, when we were talking with guys in the locker room this week, they all said, hey, there's not really a lot of time to completely change the offensive system. Um, Chase Claypool told me that the calls were there, that the game plan was there. They just maybe have to put in – some of those calls to get things going. So I I don't think that they would go to Kenny Pickett already because, to me, the problem stems more from play calling than the quarterback. Uh, but, you know, crazy things have happened on many buys before, so I'm not totally ruling it out. You mentioned Chase Claypool. I want to ask you about him because when I think of a 6'4", 240-pound guy that can run, you'd want him outside. He's playing in the slot. Yes, they're using him on jet sweeps, but eight catches for 44 yards, five and a half a catch. It just feels like he's being miscast. Is there, and I, I've already heard, you know, rumblings of this, you know, George Pickens isn't happy necessarily. I can't imagine Claypool's happy. Those receivers, what do you make of Claypool being the slot guy? Why is that happening? And, and how can these receivers get more involved? Yeah, I, I don't think that it fits. I, I'm with you guys. I, I am confused by that casting as well. We were watching the game on Sunday, and I was talking to the guy sitting next to me, and he said, why the heck are they running Chase Claypool and Ray Ray McLeod round? That was a great question. Yeah. He's a guy that has a much better skill set and different skills than Ray Ray McLeod, and part of me wonders if that's happening because Calvin Austin, the third, uh, their draft pick, starting out the year on IR, I thought they would be a much better fit in the slot, but at the same time, they kind of talked about wanting Claypool in the slot through the offseason Smith-Schuster do last year before he got hurt. Um, I I think that they want Claypool on the field. He is being miscast at this point. If they want to get production going, they need to maybe stop overthinking some things in the offense and just put the playmakers where they fit instead of having an offense where they want to use all these receivers interchangeably or put some guys in some unique positions. Just 
put Claypool on the outside where he can go to work. He's showing that he's better. He's showing that he can bring the ball down and stay on his feet, which is, you know, not always a given uh, last season. But I, I'm not quite sure what they're thinking there. Well, Brooks, so then this gets to the, the root of all of this, which is Matt Canada, the offensive court. How did he get this job? Who else was considered? What made them – what on the resume lead, led them to believe – and they get a lot right. I mean, let's let's acknowledge they get a lot right. This one, it feels like they didn't. What what did they like about him? What was in his past that led him to believe that this would be a fit for this, this skill set on this offense? Well, I, I think a lot of it had to come from the fact that he was working next door at Pitt, and he led that Pitt offense to a really great – season um he had a track record of being a very inventive and very good college offensive coordinator at nc state lsu things went sideways but he was still doing some inventive things that i think they wanted to put in their offense to mix it up a little bit they felt like the college offense is going to eventually become a large part of the pro game um they liked what he did at Pitt, and let's be honest he was on staff they elevated him from that quarterback job when they parted ways with Randy Fickner, um, they they like to promote from within. I just don't think that it's necessarily the right fit at this point. Maybe you know they'll they'll put some more play calls in this year, but I I felt like this year this week specifically like I was going back in time because we were asking Mitch Trubisky the same questions we asked Ben Roethlisberger a year ago mm-hmm. of hey, do you think you could mix in tempo more often? It looked like you guys were playing really well when you were going no huddle. Can you do that again? And we had these same conversations with Ben Roethlisberger last year. To me, that points to a coordinator and a play call issue more than it does a quarterback issue. Brooke, in terms of, of I mean, it's a huge one for, for us, obviously, at one and one, blowing the game like we did on Sunday up 13 in the final two minutes. Um, and, and, and so if, if you want to be relevant by the time you get to week 12 and Deshaun Watson returns, this is one you got to have from the Pittsburgh perspective, Watt is down. Um, they do have the picket thing looming, although listening to you, it seems like it's maybe not as looming as much as some people, particularly the fans would want it to. Where does this one rank for Pittsburgh in terms of, of what they're trying to get accomplished this year and in, in just the feel in that room? I mean, I think, I mean, being in the locker room the last two weeks, it's been kind of a weird feeling. Even though they beat the Bengals, it was still because, A, you have T.J. Watt, but, B, last week, except you add in the fact they couldn't get any pressure, they didn't have any sacks. I think that this is a win that they need for, I mean, their psyche at this point. And, you know, for the season, they are – somehow atop the AFC North very early on, obviously, but because they do have the win against the Bengals, that helps. Um, but I think they need it just to prove to themselves that this is a team that can have a viable offense, that can win games, um, and that they can also get by without T.J. Watt. To me, this, this is a win that they need internally to make a statement to themselves that they can get things together um, more so than, you know, a, a statement when to shock the NFL by any means or anything like that. Yeah. Obviously, the loss of T.J. Watt was felt. You know, Alex Highsmith goes from being Robin to trying to be Batman, and that didn't work so well last week. Who steps in? Who fills in? Who are they excited about, if anybody, on that edge spot opposite of Alex Highsmith now to try to replace T.J. Watt? Yeah, I mean, Malik Reed has been that guy. Um, it ended up being a very good trade for them. I think they just swapped seventh-round picks uh, with the Broncos and also got Malik Reed. 
is a guy that played over 700 snaps in Denver last year, so yeah. they felt like he was a veteran guy. He wasn't starting, but he did become, you know, got a, more of a starting role with injuries to a guy like Bradley Chubb and Von Miller. Um, and, and so they felt like he would be a good fit in this defense, and it felt like he was just a couple inches away a couple times, got held on one play where it looked like he was going to get the sack. So they feel like he can step in and at least help this team get by until T.J. Watt comes back. Mega Fitzpatrick's the best safety in football right now, interception in both of these games. He's been phenomenal. Um, you look around the secondary, some new faces. Levi Wallace is new, but Weatherspoon and Sutton are back. You know, no Joe Hayden anymore. What do you make of this secondary so far? And I know they had a, the four interceptions week one. They got another one last week with Minka. Uh, what do you make of this secondary? And is it can it get back to being, you know, an excellent Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, defensive backfield? Yeah, I mean, I think Minka Fitzpatrick's been playing out of his mind. And you mentioned what are the Steelers going to do without T.J. Watt. They've got to have Minka keep making plays back there to bring the energy because obviously – He's not playing the same position as T.J. Watt, but he can, he can occupy the same intangible spot as far as bringing this energy. Um, I think that they just have to stick to their fundamentals. I mean, I Atella Witherspoon did just about everything he could on that touchdown that he gave up last week, uh, except finish the play, get really get his hands uh, play. I think my get that ball the above the yeah. head play. Get, I mean, he, he just got to come down with it. So it feels like. They're right there, kind of like the edge rushers without T.J. Watt. They are so close to being a good unit. Uh, but I, I do think that they have shown encouraging signs early with Minka leading the way. Brooke, thank you so much for your time. Greatly appreciate it. We'll see you over here tomorrow night. Of course. Sounds great. Thanks, guys. All right, that's our friend Brooke Pryor, ESPN NFL Nation Steelers reporter, joining on the Twisted T Hotline. Buddy, this is the stretch for the Steelers here. Okay. So here tomorrow night. Jets at home, okay. at Bills, Bucks, at Dolphins, at Eagles, Saints, Bengals. Yeah, tough. Brutal. Tough. That's Brutal. the thing. I mean, they could be, and that's maybe one of the reasons why they're in no rush for Pickett, because, you know, you're, you'd be put them in a murderer's row right there. Yeah, you'd be better off waiting after Philly. They go Saints, Bengals, at Colts, at Falcons, and that's their bye week. So Philly's with, and then their bye weeks after Philly at the end of the month. Yep. Um, so that's where they stand. Elk and Elk, serious lawyers, serious injuries. Call 1-800-ELK-OHIO for a free case review. Elk and Elk's a proud partner of your Cleveland Browns. Coming up next, the matchup on the other side of things, our offense versus the Steelers' defense. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Rumpke Waste Recycling, family-owned and operated. Whether you join them as a customer, as an employee, become part of the family, visit Rumpke.com to learn more. Time for a little bit of matchup, our offense versus their defense. Here's before we get into the Dr. Z portion. Give us first question. What changes need to be made on offense for the Browns to win tomorrow? Nothing. Nothing. It's, it was great. That was it's been it, great. You've scored enough. You scored Way more than six points. Plenty. 26 the Steelers and, and the Bengals both have 27, but 37, both of them. 
Yeah. You scored 56. Should be two wins. Got nothing to do with offense. No, the offense has been phenomenal. If you're trying to just, you know, nitpick and, and you know, cherry pick and say, okay, well, what could it what could it be? What would be the ideal? Maybe a few more shots down the field that connect, right? I mean, that's if you're saying, what's one thing that we could do a little bit better? That's it, right? Is just passing down the field because that feels like the only thing that there is. Jacoby Brissett has one completion of more than 20 yards in the air this season. It was last week, a 30-yarder down the left side. That's it. So if you say, there's, what could we do? A little bit more vertical passing. That's it. Other than that, you're phenomenal. You've rushed for 180 yards in both games. Going back to last year, it's three straight. If you run for 180 yards in this one. And by the way, New England's running backs last week averaged five yards a carry. We run the ball more than anybody. Mm -hmm. So if we get five yards a carry from our guys, we have a chance to get around that 200-yard range. Um, or even 180 for sure. If we rush for 180 in this one, it'll be the fourth, fourth straight game, first time since Jim Brown was the running back in 1957. <laughs> and the Browns did it seven straight games that year in a Jeez. completely different world of football. Yeah, I mean, that's... couldn't be more different. So yeah. um, just kind of tactically speaking – Pittsburgh bad on outside runs, especially with the loss of T.J. Watt. Gave up 5.8 yards of carry last week on those. Uh, since Chubb has come into the league, he is number one in the NFL on runs outside the tackles. 5.8 yards of carry himself. Nearly 4,000 yards and nearly 30 touchdowns. Um, the Browns, listen, this is so fun. Only tandem in the NFL with 24 carries apiece. Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. Only tandem in the NFL that bolt where you've got two guys there are only seven players in the NFL that what I'm about to say is true of. They have 100 or more rushing yards and two or more touchdowns total. There are only some players in the league that that's true of. And we've got two? On our team. Yeah. Obviously the only tandem in the NFL that that is true of as well. This is a team that, you know, they are going to miss T.J. Watt, the pressure numbers I gave you. With him, you know, seven sacks, 22 pressures. Without him so far, two pressures, no sacks. Uh, five takeaways versus one. They've never won without him. From a scheme standpoint, this is a 3-4 defense. Uh, they'll have five on the line of scrimmage quite a bit. Uh, they will play cover one, which is man with one free safety, and that's usually Minka Fitzpatrick, who's coming down and doing some robbing. Um, third most in the NFL. They are playing the most cover two in the NFL, which is a huge departure Jeez. from what they used to do. They never did from that. what they were under Le LeBeau all yeah. those years? Well, they would never play never. cover two. No. It would be uh -huh. man one and cover three. Mm -hmm. They're playing 26% cover two, most in the NFL. Still 50% cover one or cover three, but 26% cover two. That jumped out at me as being a big change schematically for this team uh, on defense and showing that that's a little bit of shell. And my guess is that was probably built heavily in week one with a, a respect for the ability of the Bengals to throw the ball downfield. That's the only thing I can think of because yeah. that feels like a big departure. So that one, I'm not going to read too much in that. I don't expect to see a bunch of cover two against us. I expect to see a lot of uh, cover one. Alex Highsmith, three sacks, leads the team, tied for third in the NFL with Miles. He had all three in week one. Again, they had none last week. Malik Reed, he'll take over for T.J. Watt. Uh, 13 sacks the last two seasons. He had eight in 2020 with Denver, a former undrafted free agent out of Nevada. They've got the great Cam Hayward, five-time Pro Bowler, uh, first-team All-Pro last year. Um, he's got a sack in two straight and three of the last four against the Browns, nine and a half sacks in his career against the Browns. Larry Ogunjobi, who had a great year last year, seven sacks with Cincinnati, a career high. Uh, he doesn't have a sack yet this year. Those are kind of the guys up front. 
Their linebackers, Devin Bush, just not the same. Miles Jack has been the main guy, leads the team with 23 tackles. Uh, and then the secondary. Minka's the best safety in the league right now. He's got 20 tackles, two interceptions, a pick six against Joe Burrow, two passes defense. Quarterback's rating targeting him, 32.5. Number one safety at Pro Football Focus. He's been great. Uh, the corners, Witherspoon and Sutton. Now, Witherspoon's given up a touchdown both games. Sutton's got three passes defense and an interception already. Witherspoon himself has an interception, both against Cincinnati, as you might guess. And then they've got Levi Wallace, who was a starter for the Bills, who's now their nickel. So good corners. And they have a guy who's fun to watch, Arthur Mollett, an undrafted free agent uh, out of Memphis, who's kind of like the new Mike Hilton. They bring him in as a run-blitzing nickel, mm -hmm. and he just blitzes and plays the run. So when he's in, they're expecting you to run, so something that we'll, we'll keep an eye on there. It's um, I'll tell you, Jacoby Brissett has been he was sensational on Sunday in the game. He has an ability and I understand he threw the pick at the end of the game. And obviously he'd like to have that one back in that scenario. You're hanging on to a glimmer of chance, but I, hey, you got to force it gotta, in. I mean, you try to do what you got to do. Yep. But I will say that it's to me, it's it's incredible after, you know, what we had seen the previous four seasons. He really the ball is rarely in harm's way. Yeah, it's that's really why he's here. Yeah, but I mean, like, I don't know if people pay attention to that. Like, if you watch the first two weeks, the short stuff, there's not anything where you're like, oh, God, there's none of that. Like, it's no. it's all in a pretty short window. No, the shots downfield aren't there. That was all in the brochure, though. But the, in terms of the stuff underneath, the ball is, is – I mean, even stuff simple like slants, the ball is down and low and in front. It's at a point where only your guy can get it. Yep. He just doesn't put the ball in harm's way, and it's something I really appreciate. Because That's why he's here. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly. I just wanted our fans yeah. to understand and, and and look for that, because if you if you just watch the throws he's making, yep. there aren't that many where you go, oh dear God. Here's the thing, folks. We are the number one rushing offense, ninth total offense, seventh scoring offense. We are fourth on third downs. I'll say that again. We are fourth on yeah. third downs. That's that's a big tip of the cap to your quarterback, his ability not only to throw the ball in those situations, but also. He's been phenomenal sneaking. We've gotten a couple first downs with him sneaking. Uh, we are tied for first in terms of giveaways. We've only given it away once all year, which is the interception at that end of that game. We're second in big plays on offense, due in large part to our ground game. Uh, we've got some nice screens as well. He's just been he's been perfect. He's been perfect. He's been really good. Yeah. Yeah. It's been fun to watch. All right, we'll do a little higher lower coming up next. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on eight fifty ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. All right, welcome back in. Time for a little higher or lower presented by Keep It Fun Ohio from the Ohio Lottery who reminds you to know the risks before you gamble. Our senior staff writer, Anthony Poizel, in studio with us, AP. Gibbe is here as well. Hello, Gibbe. Hi, gentlemen. Hello, Gibbe. Happy game eve. You said it, brother. Can you feel the excitement? Yeah. It's electric. <laughs> How about we have this game? First day of fall tomorrow, right? Yeah, it's going to be like 50 oh, degrees Oh, is it? It's going to be brisk. Yep. And then you've got uh, – we don't we have – isn't Halloween night? Halloween night. Monday night Monday football. Night Monday night football. football. I mean, that, those are going to be two raucous environments. That's my fine. Friend. Uh, save your energy for tomorrow. That's when you're going to need it. We're ready, baby. It's going to be quite. Do you the day prefer tomorrow. Thursday or Monday? 
Thursday. Thursday. Because then you get the weekend. Oh, yeah. You Agreed. guys get a weekend. Like a mini, mini bike. bike. Sweet. You got it, Z. That's right. Although, I think I have Brown's countdown on Sunday somehow. Timely and appropriate. Set the DVR. <laughs> Bo will. I'll have it. He doesn't even have to set it. It's already, it's already set. Any Brown's, lo- all that. Yeah. DVR, ready Boom. to go. Ready. At all at a, just hit a button and there it is. Your dad will want to watch it live. I'm you want it for sure. Wait, yeah. is the pops coming in this weekend? Coming in tomorrow. Yeah. Oh. Yep. Are they flying. driving? No, he's flying this time. Oh, yeah, he's flying. <laughs> so he's doing it. He's going here. My brother lives in Florida, so he's going to go here for a few days and then Florida. For Where's he coming from? Montana. It's west of here. And he drove that before? <laughs> yeah. How long is that? Forever. I was about to say. <laughs> Two thousand miles. Twenty-two hundred miles. I mean, that's like. 20 hours? I don't know how long. Yeah, it's 20. Like. I mean, it's a day. Full day of st- straight driving. It takes you about three days of, of straight driving. Goodness. Did it once with my brother, and then he did it in the spring, he did it with my uncle. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Shall we play a little higher or lower? Can't wait. Presented by your great friends. And nothing. Do we no, that is, yes, we huh? do. I read it. It's the Ohio Lottery. It is the Ohio it's Lottery. It's a keep it fun from the Ohio Lottery who well, reminds you. That? To know the risk before you gamble. You're lucky that you have me, Gibby, because I already read that. So you're Thank in good God, shape. God, because it wasn't in front of me. Yeah. Well. I. You well, know I'll, why? I'll Be- get it <laughs> because, because I'm holding Pete Prisco's power rankings in my hand, and Pete Prisco actually Jeez. admits that he was wrong, which is a stunning. I said that I, I think, when I first picked it up. It's yeah, unprecedented. It, I, I think it's. A stunning revelation. Wait, what that did Prisco he say? It's any kind of wrongdoing. Uh, did he say it was wrong with these power rankings? What did he say it was wrong about? Wrong about Tua. Oh. That's too. Uh, so first I of think all, it's a little early. It's, it's premature. It is premature to yes. to say that he admit that he's wrong about Tua. If you act, if Pete were watching their games, and you see what McDaniel is doing schematically and how open players are, yeah, yeah, you got that. I believe you have that. Well, anyways, we are presented by the Ohio Lottery, and it is Pete Prisco's Power Rankings from CBSSports.com. The Cleveland Browns are ranked number 17 in this week's Power Rankings. Uh, Zagura, I'll start with you. Higher, lower, or just right for your one-in-one Cleveland Browns this week? Listen, we should be 2-0, and and we would have to be ranked, I'm guessing, closer to 12. But we blew it, boy. And so, appropriate. This team has a lot to prove. We said all along, 3-1 and one in the first four is the goal. It's still in front of you. You've got to beat a team that is ranked behind you in the Steelers. And they need to win this game. I mean, it's you should be a team of consequence right now. The team that everybody, you know, oh, man, we were sleeping on the Browns. That roster is really actually pretty darn good. Blah, 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 blah. And now we fly under the radar. And it's our we've got nobody to blame but ourselves. Boys higher, lower, just right. Yeah, I'm on board with uh, Nathan here. I think it's just right. I think the problems, as bad as they seemed on the defense on Sunday, I think they're fixable. It's still week two. You have to – they just have to communicate more. And if you take away the fourth quarter from – What does that mean? What do you mean communicate more? Everybody keeps like, saying that around here. What does that mean? They got to – Talk louder, I guess. Or I don't know. I mean, no, they just need to know their assignments. Yeah, and execute I, I mean, we're I, doing but this, I, but it's not like right. it's a technique thing. It's not like it's a lack of talent thing. I feel like communication it's, it's is a, is a common problem. I think it's a mental that can breakdown happen. thing yes. that's being disguised as a communication. I think it's a thing. mental mistake. Yes, I still think it's something that is is fixable. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it's fixable in a four day stretch, but we'll see. Um, but I mean, that's the biggest problem that they have to do. And if you take away the fourth quarter from the Panthers game and from this week, then I think you could say the defense has played 
a lot better or uh, can play a lot better still. Um, so right. I think it's just right. I think it's just right. We're better than two teams ranked ahead of us on his list. That's right. Through two weeks. We're better than the Broncos. We're better than the Patriots. The Patriots stink. They stink. They yeah. They're we'll have a terrible. chance to prove that. Now we're going to have to go do it. But guess what? The Broncos stink too. Yep. Right now. Yep. You Those two teams Seattle. stink. So we have, we have two blown coverages that made one game closer than it should have been and cost us another. Now you can say ifs and nuts. I get it. If you watch the games, you're better than those two teams. Yep. We should be better than 17. Next. Higher or lower? All right. Number one of the Buffalo Bills points yes. out this question for you. The Chiefs at number two. Higher, lower, or just right? I think we can all agree the Bills are the best team right now. Yeah, no, this is still just right for the Chiefs. I mean, these are the top two. These two, The Bills and the Chiefs are in a tier of their own right now, as far as I'm concerned. And I, I think they're... The Chargers had him beat. I, st- I mean, he threw the- a bad pick six, and I know you can't take it away. But I mean, they like absolutely look like they belonged on the field with them without Keenan Allen. By the way, those are the three. You are I don't just know. I, I still don't see many other teams in this Chargers league right now like beating nobody's business. Yeah, I still don't see very many teams in this league beating the Chiefs right now. I definitely don't see any teams beating the Bills. So the, the one and two is is just right for those teams. So you're calling undefeated season for the Bills? Uh. <laughs> Yeah, I and the sure, Chiefs. Sure, yeah. I will say that for the Bills. Yeah, I mean, undefeated. How, I mean, how can you seventeen zero be a be a hell of a story? Yeah, twenty. It'd be what they'd have to win the, the divisional round. Twenty and zero total. Twenty and zero. I mean, oh, this is as dominant of a of a two week stretch to open the season as we've seen from a team in a long time. I think they look Buffalo. great. So, Bishop, do you agree with one and two being Bills? Yeah, I mean, it's appropriate. I would put the Chargers third, and then I would move the Bucks. I don't know what else you're doing here, but I would move the Bucks down. But I would have the Chargers third because if you have to, you have to watch. You can't just go wins and losses. You actually have to watch the games. If you watch the games, the Chargers are in this category. Yes. These three yeah. teams separate, and then and maybe the Eagles. Well, and what were the Chargers know, doing? We may with, get there. I don't know. What were the Chargers doing with Herbert? Only throwing the ball. I was like, what? He averaged like four yards per attempt or something. Well, like they, that? they did that, and the Chiefs had a very. I thought both teams on that Monday nighter were kind of taking the approach of we're not going to lose it, which is odd based on their a lot talent. Of scarring. Yeah. It was neither, but nobody wanted to take a shot. So like Mahomes didn't. Um, he took more than Herbert, but it was like neither one. Herbert had some to Mike Williams, but yeah, that was it. They just yeah. didn't live. It was weird how they played. They played very pessimistic, if that makes sense. By yeah. the way, how long ago does it feel that we watched that game? And it was not even a week ago <laughs> when Herbert had the craziest two-play sequence, I think, in the history of sports. It feels like three weeks ago. At least. It does, yeah. I, was gonna, I thought that was Monday night, but you're right. It was Thursday, Thursday. night. It was, the, it was last mm-hmm. week. Thursday, the tomorrow. Thursday night yeah. of the year. Crazy. Yeah. It was last week tomorrow. Next. Higher or lower? All right, Bishop, you lead us off here. The Buccaneers were three. Eagles are four. Eagles, higher, lower, or just right? They're just right because I have the Chargers at three. Yep. So the problem here for me is the Buccaneers. The Buc- yep. This is an example of, of Pete. You're not watching the games, man. They, they were brutal offensively against Dallas. Their defense is pretty good. They were nothing special against the Saints. There is something off there, man. It's all it's in the press conferences. It's what you're seeing in the games. I don't have the Bucks three. I have the Eagles. I put the Chargers at three. The Eagles are just right. They're where they should be. Right now they're the fourth best team in the NFL. Zagura. Yeah, I like them as I think they are the number four team and I think they're the best team in the NFC. So that's right. Slide the Chargers up there into number three. And I think those four teams right now look like the best four teams in the league. I would actually move the Eagles up to number three. I'm I'm with Bo here. I think they have all the pieces that you need to be a top three oh, team yeah. in this league, which is a great QB. I mean, Jalen Hurts is off to a hot start. They've got 
a great defense that definitely rebounded after week one. And, I mean, I think the thing that's really stringing it all together for them right now is just how great their offensive line is. I know that's not the sexiest part about a football team, but, I mean, they've been fantastic. And, um, I mean, I just I think they're a top three team. They're, they should be right up there in the Super Bowl conversation. Yeah, the, the whole Tampa Bay is Ford. Well, they got Tom Brady. Well, how, how's that going? And they have and an just, excellent defense. They do. Which is they, they but they've defense. also played, you know, predominantly not Dak Prescott and Jameis. Yes. So, you know, this week they get Rodgers. So we'll see. Yeah. Next. Higher or lower? All right. The Eagles were four. Packers were number five in Mr. Prisco's power rankings. Chargers six takes us to number seven, and the Los Angeles Rams higher. Lower or just right, Zagura. I think I think I don't think they're very good. Uh, like right now, I think the Dolphins could beat them. I think the Niners can beat them. I think the Ravens can beat them. I think the Vikings can beat them. I think we can beat them. I think the Cards can beat them. I, I don't. They don't impress me. So what's that Shania Twain that don't impress me much? Great song. <laughs> yeah, they don't impress me much at all. The way that they just allowed Atlanta to come back in that game, Stafford doesn't look great Allen robinson doesn't give them nothing he's he's just he's he's like matt ryan on the goose's cook tour um they're not scary they're not scary boys out yeah that's what i was gonna say nathan they're not they're not scary and they haven't shown anything that should like suggest that they're as good as they were last year they Odell. yeah <laughs> that's what they need i think yeah, he's gonna go back that. there i think he's gonna go back there yeah, it feels like it. He I mean, might. Yeah, I, but I mean, it was another bad week for Jalen Ramsey. I, you know, Rick, I know it's Drake London. He's a, one of the top receivers, but he still had a great game: eighty-five receiving yards and a touchdown. I think. And um, I mean, what have they shown? A four-point win over the Falcons doesn't move the needle at all with the Rams from what they showed a week ago. Yep. Bishop, do you fear Tampa Bay more or the Rams more? I like how you pivoted there because you knew I was just going to say the same thing. That's a you big gotcha. pee, giant pee moment out of you, just Huge. flaunting your penis. Good job. Yeah. I got Rams. Mess. I'm going to have. I said it. I know. I was emphasizing. Rams lower, and I, I fear Tampa Bay more with Mike Evans. I think they have more weapons. The Rams right now are Cooper Cup dependent entirely. They can't really run it. They don't have anybody else they can trust to throw it, and Stafford's elbow ain't right. So, I no. Line's not Bucks. good. Mm-hmm. No, I don't like it. I don't like it. Next. Higher or lower? All right. The Dolphins. At number eight, at number nine, the San Francisco 49ers. And we'll get to Pedro in just a few minutes. But Poizal, higher, lower. On the Niners? That's just right, yes. Um, I'm going to say just right. Uh, I think Jimmy G is as good of a backup option as they could ask for, obviously. I mean, I know we've talked about that before when when they signed him to that big extension. Um, I I think they'll be okay uh, with Jimmy G at quarterback. And, um, you know, they're one and one right now, and and they're in a division that has – had some teams that are unperforming with the Rams and obviously the Seahawks. So, yeah, I, I think it's just right for the Niners. Bishop. They're better with Garoppolo than they were with Lance. They're yes. more of a contender in the NFC with Garoppolo than they would have been with Lance. Also, yes. They, they right now, if I were to rank the NFC, I would have – because you got to remember, they lost in a deluge in Chicago with Lance. So, throw that one out. Just on what I see, I would have them as the second-best team in the NFC behind the Eagles. Pedro. Ah, them are the them are the Niners. Them and the Niners are really close. Jimmy's back. Or the uh, Packers. Isn't he okay. handsome? Niners so are back. Last two seasons with him. Nobody remembers this. Super Bowl, NFC Championship. Jimmy, we're back, baby. Gold Rush. He's better than Steve Young. 
Blasphemy. Steve Young, last time we were 2-0, and it was Steve Young coming to Cleveland and throwing 8,000 picks against the Browns in 1993. Yeah. So, wow. Ya boy. Ya boy. Next. Higher or lower? All right, I'm going to add a few more in here as we go through things. Go ahead, Gibby. Uh, we're ready. The Ravens, number 10. The Vikings, 11. The Arizona Cardinals, number 12. Bishop, we'll start with you. Higher, lower, or just right? for Kyler, Cliff, and company? I don't know what you do with this. Cause All right, here's what I'm going to tell I you. I feel like we beat them right now. I do, too. It was really fortunate they were to come back and beat uh, the Raiders. you got to give them credit for that. Can I say that from 11 to 20, he's got the Jaguars 22, from 11 to 22, throw them in a bag, pick them out, and yeah. you tell me. You could make, you could convince me of any of Can these. Can you bump the Lions up a little bit in that mix? You could, the but like they, the Leones could. Where, do, where does he have the Leones? Oh, he's, got, he's got them way too low. He's, he's got Colts 25. Yeah, the, the Lions are too low. The Lions are better than the Colts, the Titans, the Jets, for sure. But the rest of these teams in here, every single one of them, I mean, we have the least flaws of all of them, the Vikings at home are really good. I mean, they were there need to be. I I don't know. I just I still don't like the Cardinals thing. It's weird. Did you guys know in the game uh, in their game against the Raiders, they came out like really run heavy, and in, like it was so strange how they went about their business. Like I would think like you have Cliff, you drafted Kyler, be in the gun with four wide and let him live. Well, they didn't have Rondale. They didn't have Hopkins. I know. I don't think they had four receivers. Well, they have to because some of them are known now. Some guy named Dorch is yeah. blowing up. Yeah, I don't know. Dorch was their third best wife. Spin it around the a little Dorch. bit. The Dorch. Spread it around for the kid. All right, we got 60 seconds left. So I'm just going to go and ask uh, fact or fiction instead of higher or lower. Oh, I like it. Another Google pivot. audible. Falcons fact or fiction. <laughs> oh, well done, Madison. Zagura, fact <laughs> or fiction. Falcons ranked 32. Mm -mm. Fiction. Wor worst team in the league. Fact fiction. 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 I think they're better than the Panthers, who stink. They are better AP. than the Panthers. Yeah, I'm going fiction too. I think the Panthers are the last, are the worst team in this league, and I would even put the Falcons above the Texans. I'm going to tell you what: the Colts aren't far off of that, based on what we've seen early. How are the Bears 28th in this? Seattle's not good. I mean, they, they've completed, good like, the Texans have been competitive. The Bears have completed like 15 passes. Yeah, in two how games. Are the Bears 28th, and the Texans, like the Texans, no love. They've been in every game. They tied. <laughs> Pete, sad, Pete. sad. Hate to see it. Pete. Good job, boys. You got it. <laughs> so much more to come. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. OBM, the official printer partner of the Cleveland Browns. While you depend on your Browns to win, you can always depend on OBM. They can tackle any size office. 216-485-2000. OhioBusinessMachines.com on that. Let's go. Not on. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> We like, had corporate rock walk by. 
corporate. We haven't uh, seen corporate rock in a while. She's trying to uncorporate it. She was throwing yeah. popcorn around. And caught it. That's caught a big it. pressure moment. Delivered. It was. It was. Yeah. Yep. Back in the old days, you see her a lot more. Yeah. Joyous, jubilant. She was an intern for one CD of the original interns yeah. on this show. That's right. Really? Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. With Vic. Her job was tr- to transcribe this bad boy. What? Oh, my God. <laughs> the whole show? Oh, my God. For what reason? Huh? Why? Vic wanted her to transcribe it. That's unbelievable. That's amazing. That's awesome. <laughs> it's hard to get people to transcribe a segment, let alone a whole show. Like, she did a whole show? What a job out of her. At least if she was transcribing, I think, Look what happens. of Browns Daily, it w- she would have laughed a lot. I don't know if there would have been as much laughter. Not a lot of joy. A lot of joy. I would have loved to see her transcribe the previous segment. That would have been a win. That would have been great. <laughs> yeah. She would have known, though. She would have got it. She definitely would have got it. That, that's, but see, that type of dedication, now she's corporate rock. She's corporate rock. That's Loaded a good job out of tomorrow, her. kids. We are. Joe yeah, Thomas, game day. Bernie Kosa. Good Lord. Luminaries. Let's go. Next level. <laughs> yes, your mic was on. Next level up next. Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland. You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and ESPN 850 WKNR.